0: Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land, and water. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Support independent Mi'kmaq media. Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Mi'kmaq Matters. Or if you prefer, you can send us an email transfer at mi'kmaq.matters at gmail.com. The Liberal Party coronation, I mean leadership convention, is less than two months away. The Liberals may call a provincial election soon after in order to take advantage of a weak opposition and try to waltz back to power. Will there be any serious discussion in the leadership campaign or in an election about the ecological emergency facing the province, desperate to avoid bankruptcy, The province continues to pursue mega-resource projects and the royalties they might bring, whether it be offshore or at Valentine Lake, site of a proposed open-pit gold mine. Land, water, caribou, and fish are mere collateral damage. Last week, we told you about two high-profile resignations from WIRAC, That's the agency responsible for putting together a network of protected wilderness areas too little action, too much cowtowing to mining and resource interests, say the two members who resigned. But sacrificing woods, lakes, and animals to resource interests is business as usual for Newfoundland and Labrador governments. Douglas Bollum has seen the sorry state of affairs from the inside. He's a biologist. He used to work for the Parks and Natural Areas Divisions, he left when the Brian Tobin government started getting rid of 56 provincial parks but even with such stiff competition he says the government of Dwight Ball ranks right up there for the title of worst government ever for wilderness protection in addition to
1: the the inaction on the natural areas plan and protected areas there have been successive uh, cuts to the conservation agencies within the province, um, you know, the Wildlife uh, Division and uh, what used to be called uh, Parks and Natural Areas uh, Division. And the odd thing, Glenn, about this is that these cuts happened even when uh, we had money, you know, uh, 10 years ago or whatnot, it, you know, we had some oil money kicking around. Um, these things were still uh, uh, cuts were going on unabated, uh, uh, which mystified me. But in any event, so uh, to characterize the Baal government as worse, I mean there were pretty egregious things done over the years. You know, there was a seven year period when when there wasn't even a formal uh, wilderness nicolas reserves advisory council as required under legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at least Ball had had the uh, um, Ball administration, you know, had a had a working council. But having said that, this is also a, 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 an administration uh, that broke apart the protected air, the Parks and Natural Areas Division, the the Protected Areas Agency, um, which is again, again mystifying because there was no staff laid off; they just placed up the, the agency and spread it out amongst different divisions.
0: What, Effectively... What department was that agency in?
1: Um, I think it was an environment. It was called Parks and Natural Areas Division. I think it was an environment and they sent the parks part, provincial parks, to tourism, basically. And they sent the reserves part of the thing, the, the ecological and reserves, to fisheries and lands. Um, yeah, so again, it's effectively silencing that program because now I mean the most senior person involved in that chain of command would have been uh, just a manager, not even a director, you know, or whatever. So, Anywho, um, I would characterize them as one of the worst.
0: You were in the uh, – when you left the government, it was I think around 2000, so that would have been uh, the Brian Tobin – Era, I guess uh, he would have been premier uh, when you when you left about that time.
1: Just after, just after he he returned to federal politics. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he uh, he has the image of being a reform oriented kind of premier uh, on education, for example. Uh, what was it? What was he like on conservation?
1: Uh. Well, he was, uh, he was certainly there when they were, uh, in 97, I'm thinking, when they got rid of 26 provincial parks. When they deregulated them. Um, he was also involved in moving the parks agency, as I mentioned to you earlier, out to rural Newfoundland, effectively gutting the office, you know, of I think, as I said, two out of nineteen people went actually, Um, and there was uh, that was meant to be disruptive. It was done on purpose to send the wildlife and parks agencies out to rural Newfoundland because they have been seen as 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 obstructing um, development, and in particular, one golf course uh, proposal that would have. Mowed down half a provincial park, but happily was located directly across from the cabinet minister's cabin. So, those when parks would have, would oppose those sorts of things, it just raised the ire by and Tobin and, and, and his successors and, and his cabinet, and uh yeah.
0: Mm.
1: So they yeah they moved moved the agency out there so. I think the one thing maybe I can point to one thing maybe Brian Tobin did positively for the environment. He did set aside like a million dollars, I think, to set up a, a, a trust fund and a, and a, and a um, land trust for Newfoundland, which ultimately, unfortunately, failed.
0: You commented uh, in the Telegram about the role of the mining industry in. Uh, styming conservation efforts. And, um, I wonder if you could tell us, uh, <clears throat> how that works. So those of us on the outside may have this crude understanding that, you know, the mining companies give big fat political contributions to the, uh, political parties and get their will that way. But, um, uh, in terms of how the departments work, uh, mm-hmm. we have, uh, WIRAC, which you just referred to, um, mm-hmm. In the Department of Fisheries and Land Resources, Jerry Burns, the minister there. Then we have Natural Resources with Shibon Cody as the minister, and then we have uh, Municipal Affairs and Environment. So we have um, we have these three departments, uh, and one might say that they all have you know some some role in uh, in lands. Um, uh, is that a good thing because it, it keeps anyone from having over, overwhelming control or does it cause uh, confusion?
1: Well, the natural Report resources department you mentioned uh, is there for one reason, one reason only, and, and that's revenue. So by by having other land agencies split up between um Several departments. It again, we can see agenda. So, I mean, there used to be a Department of Environment and Conservation here, and uh, um, that has been um, neutered and, and, and dismantled, so that there isn't more, uh, you know, an effective voice at the at the cabinet table. Not that environment was ever discussed that much at the cabinet table anyway. But but Glenn, the 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 most telling um, statement from the um, I think it's called Mining NL, which is the uh, yeah the 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 advocacy advocacy group for mining in Newfoundland. Um, So back around I think it was twenty ten or twenty eleven, the province started a, a uh, public consultations to revamp their their policy on mining policies on mining they called it the minimal strategy in any event they invited invited um, submissions you know and uh, the submission from what is now called mining n l and i I can send the the, the document to you it's black and white it says a do not establish any more protection areas period. B, if you do establish any more protected areas, then get rid of an equal amount of existing protected area so that you never exceed where you're currently at. So, uh, and, and make no mistake, it, it, so it's not a question of, well, well, We have issues with this area and this area because they're over areas of high mineral potential. No. Is that we have an issue with the concept. Yes. Right? So, this is a bit of a tail wag the dog situation. Right? You know, it goes far beyond uh, political campaign donations. Of course. I mean, I'm not involved. I'm not privy to these sort of, uh, conversations and whatnot. But I mean, the fact of the matter is that you only had to look at Muskrat Falls, lower, uh, the, the lower Churchill uh, uh, Hydro Development, which was primarily intended to feed potential new mines in western Labrador. They'd even begun building a transmission line from Muskrat Falls to West, these mines, where they are in the very mineral-rich Western Labrador. Of course, iron ore prices tanked, and none of those new mines came to be, hmm. and the power line was dismantled, and now we're stuck where we
0: are. Yes. Now that is interesting. That you mentioned Labrador because I gather in the latest iterations of um, of the leg- legislation sitting at Weir Act, that uh, Labrador's uh, status uh, has changed uh, uh, legislation-wise.
1: Well, I think, what, if I understand you correctly, um, Labrador is not part of the Provincial Natural Area's plan. Is that what you were?
0: Yes. Talking? Was it, was yeah. it at one time or was it always this?
1: Oh, no, no, no. It, it certainly was. Um, as a matter of fact, I mean, one thing that nature's taught us by and large is that bigger is better. The larger your protected area, the more redundancy you have within of systems within that uh, protected area. So, if there is some sort of cat- catastrophe, larger areas can can uh, 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 continue to function ecologically, um, you know, better than smaller areas.
0: <coughs>
1: Excuse me. The possibility, when the plan was uh, initially written in the early nineties. Possibility of large areas on the island was considered to be remote. Now it's all relative. I mean, large for the island of Newfoundland, large for North Scotia, two different things. But in terms of uh, protected areas on the scale of thousands of square kilometers, that opportunity is gone on the island. So Labrador was seen to be the, the, our last chance to have true functioning functioning wilderness reserves, you know. And so. The, on the island, we basically looked at um, reserves that would protect a single ecoregion, you know, a, a portion of the island with similar ecological characteristics. Right? In Labrador, the plan was, no, we will go a step above that and we'll actually use caribou uh, habitat requirements, caribou ranges, herd ranges, let nature design the reserve for us so that these large wilderness reserves in Labrador would cross ecoregion boundaries. So they would be very large, very diverse, and they would be built, designed, um, you know, by, by the natural world in terms of using uh, a living creatures' habitat requirements, right? All the candidate areas in Labrador were taken out in 2000.
0: Uh, I was just going to say, Jerry Byrne um, has uh, the minister, the current minister of Fisheries and Land Resources, has acknowledged that the mining industry and other resource industries have a sort of opposition to some conservation efforts, and he says, "Well, let's be honest and transparent about that, and get it all worked out in the Wirac boardroom, and um, and let's bring some industry people onto Wirac." So that we can have a discussion and an outcome. Um, <clears throat> what do you think of that?
1: Uh, I think during that same interview you referenced, uh, Jerry said that uh, uh, the, the conservation community leaders are intransigent
0: and, and not
1: willing to compromise.
0: They want something that's perfect
1: yeah and and sort of that sort of thing
0: yes getting the the perfect getting in the way of the possible i think you sorry but
1: i it, it it it's just ridiculous because not a single not one protected area in this province is as it was originally designed, not one every single protected area. Uh, as it currently exists, um, was redrawn, redesigned to uh, deal with industry uh, demands. So compromise is – there hasn't been a, a, a conservation effort in this province. I was mystified by the statement. I guess it's just a, a hyperbole, but – when he said it, but uh, uh, no, the compromise occurs at the, the WERAC table. Now, in terms of your question, whether there should be industry representatives on um, Werak, well, there have been in the past. The mid-90s, I think it was, they brought uh, in uh, a fellow who was a, you know, he was in the mining industry and an advocate uh, for the express purpose, basically, of. To all the internal discussions and whatnot. Uh, he participated, you know, on enough, for, or I don't think he made his full three year term. But w- what I'm getting at, Glenn, is, is that um, you need to start somewhere. You need to, when you design a conservation area, you, you need to look at it in terms of what is the best that science is telling us. And then you can go from there. But um, to suggest that that uh, there has been no compromise on protected areas is is utterly false, and and the reverse is
0: true. At about the same time, uh, Jerry Byrne called on uh, WIRAC to release its uh, the Natural Area System Plan, which is. Uh, been uh, kind of dormant," uh, he said. "In the interest of transparency and inclusion, uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think he said that? What was he getting at there? What was the um, the political messaging he was trying to
1: portray? He was he was speaking to the industry. He was speaking to his constituents in the, in the industry with that, because it's utterly false. Um. Um, So in 94, 95, when the original uh, Natural Areas System Plan, I'll I'll just call it NASP, (laughs) excuse me, when NASP was originally drafted in 94, 95, and I was on that committee, I basically served as its technical staff. Um, There were representatives from the Department of Mines. There were representatives from forestry. We had uh, uh, geologists from the university. Right? But we, again, we said at the time, we have to present, as a first iteration, the best plan science can give us for what we know now. So, and everyone agreed around the table, you know. We knew that, of course, uh, uh, boundaries would be adjusted and so on as time went on, um, based on various demands. But as part of this plan, see, you're not only going after the special, you're going after the normal, you're going after the average. So that means you want a representative sample of all the different ecosystems you have in the province. And that means you're gonna to have to capture representative geology. And that means you're gonna get geology that might have mineral potential. And that's just the bottom line. If you wanna have a plan based on science, it's representative of all the ecoregions you have, it's going to mean you're going to have to capture some g- geology that uh, uh, the, the industry would rather you not. Right? Mm-hmm. So in any event, we said, that's fine. That will happen. You know, the horse the, 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 the trading will happen later in the role, but we're going to present the best scientifically-based plan possible. Now, here's what I'm getting at. So that plan was l- larger drafts, about 95. Um, A year or so after that, um, we formed an interdepartmental high-level committee um, consisting of uh, representatives from uh, mining, from forestry, and so on. It's called the Conflict Resolution Committee. And so then they were to work with their counterparts in industry and so on to identify conflicts and try and work it out. And it – well, I left government before they were finished. So I don't know – I know it's in the plan now. I do know that when I left in 2000, 40% of it had either been altered or eliminated, and it hadn't been seen in the light of day.
0: Victoria Neville and Bill Montevecchi resigned, and they got some media coverage. Um, do you think it will make any difference? And what is the uh, future of conservation efforts in this time when the provincial government is so desperate for, for money and uh, willing to... Uh, Encouraging all this uh, resource development both on the land and in the water.
1: Well, as I mentioned earlier, even when we had money, we had lots of money for a while. There were no protected areas established. Nothing happened. The plan wasn't released. So another thing, too, is that many of these protected areas – Represent real rural economic opportunities. That's what mystifies me: is that you can have a small community um, or a small, you know, region with chronic unemployment. Look at Gros Moor. You know, it is the single largest draw, tourism draw, in Newfoundland and Labrador. Period. Half the people who come to Newfoundland and Labrador, go to Gros And You can't tell me that those communities aren't benefiting from that. So, and I mean that's gross one's a big area, but it doesn't have to be large um you could have fossil sites you know uh could be rare plant sites whatever I'm not suggesting that that a network of protected areas for rural Newfoundland will will save rural Newfoundland, but it'll it would there are economic opportunities there, but if you were to go to the province provincial government's website and search ecotourism you you would not get one hit. Same with nature-based tourism. We put all our tourism money in terms of uh, t- uh, product development. We put it all on our cultural and historical side. And uh, the natural – like there isn't a single person in the provincial government working on – with expertise working on the product development of protected areas. one. Mm. It's, not, it's not even considered an option. So it's almost as if protected areas are seen as an anathema in any way, shape, or form to, to, to economic development. And the real potential that exists there is ignored.
0: Biologist Douglas Bollin. And that's it for the program. Alison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Thanks to our radio partners: Bay of Islands Radio, Voice of Bombay, CHMR, and Mi'omigag First Nation Radio. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.